All right, here we go again. Another episode of Crazy James Speaks. I am your host, Crazy James. And this week, I'm, I'm finally going to talk about something that I promised to talk about at the beginning. And as of yet, I have not really talked about it. And today, I'm going to talk about politics, but probably not in the way that you expect me to. But it might morph into that because who knows? I'm sort of winging this by the seat of my pants this week. I don't have a lot of notes really to go off of. I'm going to speak more from the heart on it, I guess. And so we'll see where that leads us. We'll see how much rambling I do. So are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so way back at the beginning when I started this, podcast. I said I was going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. I was going to talk about pop culture. I was going to talk about sports and I was going to talk about, uh, politics. And like I said, in the introduction there, I haven't really talked about politics. There's a, there's a reason for it. I mean, quite clearly there's been some pretty crazy things happen since I started this, uh, the NHL playoffs, of course, that was three or four episodes and uh i talked to my kid about k-pop and i talked uh about pop culture icons last time talked about september 11th of course you know different things but never anything overly political and why is that well like well i guess i talked black lives matter was probably the about the most political thing i did but I haven't, I haven't really taken a side in the great debate. Who, who would I vote for? You know, who, what would I support? Well, I don't know. How much does that matter? Who would I vote for? I can tell you one thing. It sure as hell wouldn't be Donald Trump. Uh, it, it would, if I was an American, I would vote for Joe Biden, but and as a Canadian, oh man, I can't vote for for Justin Trudeau or his party. There, there's too much crap. I'm gonna have to really pay attention to this Aaron O'Toole, who is the new leader of the Conservative Party, to to see where he comes from. The last leader, Andrew Scheer, I had no confidence in whatsoever. I didn't feel that he was going to capture the imagination of Canadians anywhere. I think the only reason that they won as many seats as they did was simply because of how many scandals the Liberals had gone through. Seriously, ask yourself, how many previous Canadian governments have survived as much crap as what the Justin Trudeau liberal government has. I don't think you'll find any, any one of the scandals that he has endured has brought down previous governments. The latest one might still bring down the liberal government. Today, being October 21st, the... Liberals are going, sounds like they're going to force a vote 
of non-confidence over the whole we scandal because the conservative party wants to get to the bottom of it they are demanding answers and back in september august whatever it was the the liberals uh prorogued prorogued parliament to avoid answering those questions oh what a dirty trick everybody screamed was it a dirty trick well kinda i mean the writing was sort of on the wall for him but before you start throwing too many rocks stephen harper did the same thing jean Chrétien also prorogued parliament it's what's done does that mean then that um they're they're all evil terrible people well no not necessarily does it mean that they're ducking an issue yeah the previous governments however after they were prorogued and came back they didn't fall and this time it certainly looks like there's well it's the ndp right now that is holding up the liberal government and so if they break ranks with the Liberals and say with the Conservative Party and the Bloc Québécois that, no, we don't have confidence in you. We're going to an election here in Canada, folks. And it'll probably be... Well, it depends on how long they decide to make it, but uh, end of November, beginning of December kind of thing. Just what we want. An election during a global pandemic. Yay! tell you I'm going to be voting early in this one. Not because I'm particularly worried about my vote not counting, but because I want to vote when there's as few people around as possible. I think it's just the responsible thing to do. But this is what's happening is, is the parliament was prorogued, it came back, and the Conservatives aren't giving up. They want these answers, and they should get these answers. We as Canadians deserve these answers. What was going on and who knew what when? But here is where, this is the whole point of what my talk is today, my podcast today. It's so hard to have a conversation with anybody about politics because it's not like it used to be back in the day when i was on town council and i was a doubt died in the wool conservative and mike poulter god rest his soul he was well he bled orange ndp okay and he and i went to calgary twice and back and yeah, we talked politics on the way down and back, and uh, we only we only did that twice, though, because I think any more than that we might have killed each other. But we could discuss politics, and we'd go at it, hammer and tong, you know. Just and on council, we would disagree about stuff and argue with each other, and then the council meeting would end, and we're we're wrapping things up after after the meeting and cleaning up our, our papers and stuff and say, uh, 
going to Ernie's for a beer and wings? Yeah, okay. And so we'd go there and we'd have a drink and we'd have wings and most of council would go and, you know, we'd discuss some more. But we could be civil about it. And in these days, and this is this is worldwide, really, in Canada, in the United States, even in England, I'm seeing it, and I'm sure there's other places as well, where these extremists, they actually get into power. Donald Trump is kind of at the far end of the political spectrum. And Joe Biden, he's not all the way the other way, but, you know, he's far enough away that they're miles apart. Having a civil discussion is what is needed more than ever right now with what the world is facing, with the climate crisis that we are facing, with the energy crisis that we're facing with in Canada, the problems that we're having in Alberta, the fact that oil and gas is not the big, huge, multi-billion, multi-trillion dollar industry that it once was, and I don't know if it ever will be again. And this is what Alberta has had its economy based on for the last 70 years. Or more, 80 years, whenever they hit oil at Leduc number one. And that really changed Alberta. The world has changed, though. So, why can't we have a civil discussion about it? People have become entrenched in their beliefs. We used to be able to talk to each other. But what's happened? Well... In the last 15 years, let's say, we've really seen the rise of social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Snapchat nowadays, TikTok. So now it is really easy for people of like-minded thinking this is the way I think. I want to talk to people who think like I do. And it's really easy to find a group of those people because the internet, being what it is worldwide, allows us to connect. So now you have what was a smaller extreme group of people who were spread out. Well, now they're concentrated in one little area and they can they talk to each other about oh you know those, those damn liberals they're you know they they want to turn us all into communist socialists and oh those damn conservatives they want to take away all of our rights and it's an echo chamber is the word that i hear used a lot where the only ideas you hear are your own, and they bounce around you all the time. So what you are hearing is only ever reinforcing your own beliefs. Whereas before there was social media, 
before Facebook, before Twitter. I'm really pointing the finger at those two. Those are the two big ones. If you were going to have any sort of interaction with people, you had to talk to whoever was there. And chances were, they would have a different opinion than you. So you had to listen to each other, and you had to talk to each other, and you heard different ideas, and you came up with good, reasonable arguments. Whereas nowadays, when when you run into those people who you don't agree with, because you've been sitting in an echo chamber, and this goes for both sides. I'm not picking on any one side here. Both sides are guilty of this. If all you ever hear is is your own opinion, when somebody else comes and says, well, this is what I believe, it doesn't matter how well thought out their argument is. It gets dismissed out of hand. And unfortunately, what happens more often than not is that the people who are the extremists well, they really start screaming. And here is every chart in the world. Here are the scientists saying that this is the way we need to do things. Yeah, but my buddy Joe from high school sent me this meme. Folks, if you are taking the word of the guy who sat behind you in high school, who maybe got a C- minus in chemistry, I don't think you should be taking his word over the word of somebody like uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci in the States or Dina Henshaw or Bonnie... Is it Taylor? No, that's the singer. The, the doctor from PC... Those are the people you need to listen to. You need to listen to the doctors. You need to listen to the scientists. Now, you might be saying, well, they said at the beginning that a mask wasn't going to make a difference. They didn't know. This is the thing about science, is that you can, at the beginning, you say, okay, this is what we believe to be true now. And you continue to study something like the coronavirus. And as you study it, you learn more about it. And it's like, okay, you know what? This is what we believed, but now we realize that we were wrong. This is why we were wrong, and this is why you should do this now. You can't cherry-pick things from months ago and say that, well, they said this, and they were all wrong, so who knows what they're talking about? Well, they know what they're talking about. I saw a debate between, I want to say it was Bill Nye and a fundamental Christian extremist type person. And Bill Nye, being a scientist, was of the opinion that um, life came about because of evolution. And the fundamental Christian was of the opinion that uh, things happened as they did in the Bible. God said, 
let there be light, and there was light. And he created man from dirt, and he created women from, you know, one of man's ribs when he took Adam's rib there, and he created Eve from that. And he believed that to be fact. And so at the end of the, I don't know if it was a debate or it was a conversation between, it was moderated. And the moderator asked uh, Bill Nye at the end, and I'm saying Bill Nye, I don't know for sure that it was him. It was either him or Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of those big name scientist dudes that we've all heard of and his name just escapes me. But he said, the moderator said to the scientist, said, is there anything, you know, if you were shown irrefutable proof that there was a God, would you believe that? And he's like, well, yeah. You know, if, if you could prove that there's a God scientifically, he would believe that. And they said then to the Christian extremist guy, is there anything that would convince you that the way things are written in the Bible, uh, it's not exactly what happened? He's like, no, absolutely not. Well, who is the more open-minded there? Well, clearly the scientist is. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. I've always been, if we're going to talk a little bit of religion here, my personal belief has been, yes, I believe in God and the sequence of events as told in the Bible. I believe that it happened. I believe that it was open for interpretation for a long time and that some things were changed to ser serve the interests of those in power. But I believe that there is a higher being in the universe. And for clarity's sake, we'll just refer to that higher being as God. But I believe that, you know, well, is there going to be life? Yeah, but it's going to evolve. So that it's orchestrated. It happened the way science says it happened because God deemed it to happen that way. Does that make sense? It's a little off topic from what I was talking about. I didn't mean to get into religion. Although it sort of breaks along the same lines of what we're talking about. Society is divided. We can't sit down and have a conversation. Shar, I know you're listening to this and that's your favorite thing. Communication is key. This is Shar says this to me all the time. There's no communication. And she's right. We need to be able to communicate with one another in a logical, reasonable manner. This is what I believe. This is what I believe. Let's talk, you know. And the truth is always in the middle somewhere. There is no one side that is completely right. And there is no one side that is completely wrong. Each side has elements of truth in it. The problem is, is that those elements of truth on both sides tend to get wrapped up in so much BS that it is, this is where it becomes impossible to have a conversation with people. And people are so quick to get mad. I don't know, just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean that 
doesn't mean that I hate your guts. Like I said, Mike Poulter and I were on complete opposite ends of the political spectrum. And we were able to have lots of really good, meaningful conversations. And at his funeral, I told the story about going to Calgary with him and mentioned how, you know, Mike Poulter was very NDP. And I am not. And of course, most of the people at the funeral knew who I was. And so they got a chuckle out of it. Why? Because it's true. But for all of our political differences, Mike and I still got along. He's one of the people that I actually miss the most, simply because he had a different opinion than I did. He was one of those people that I knew I could go to and I could have a good, meaningful political discussion with because his opinions were different from mine. Didn't didn't mean that I wasn't going to say, what, like, you're out of your mind. You're nuts, and this is why. And I would put out my, well, no, you're nuts, and he would, but it was always respectful. And it was it was always a good conversation. We need to get back to that. We need to be able to talk to one another in a civil manner. Social media companies, Twitter, Facebook, they need to step up too. There is a lot of BS out there. A lot of malarkey is floating around on the internet. Believe it or not, everything that you see on the internet isn't necessarily true. And they're proving that these, the, the, the hackers, the, the bots, they call them, people are making these fake accounts and then they are appealing to the base emotion in in people and spreading this disinformation they're tracing some of it currently the FBI and such down in the states some of what they're finding is that this is coming from places through Saudi Arabia so the one expert that I was listening to on the news he said this isn't some kid in a basement doing this this is a professional because when you're jumping between routers to mask where you're really from and you're going from country to country to country okay you're not some fat kid sitting in the basement with a bag of cheetos giggling over his keyboard We need to come together. There needs to be... we And we need to check our sources. Oh my God. What are my big pet peeves on Facebook? Click and share this missing child. Or this missing, you know, this missing child, this missing woman, this missing teenager. You know, you would if it was your family member. You're right. You know what? I probably would. But every single time I see one of those, I click on it. And well over, like 98% of the time, just about all the time, when I click on it, 
it links to the article where they were initially lost in 2010 and found in August of 2010. So you care enough to click and share. Take the extra step. Click the, click the item that you're actually sharing to see if it's even relevant anymore. Because it, it, it most likely is not. Stop spreading disinformation. Check your sources. And when I say check your sources, I mean, don't check with the guy from high school that barely passed or failed chemistry. Or, you know, don't go to your crazy conspiracy theory websites to confirm what you want to believe. Don't go to your echo chamber. Step out of your echo chamber. What's the best place to check? Well, there's a lot of different places. Um, PBS has got a newscast, apparently, that's pretty good. I haven't seen that one. I have seen BBC newscasts. They're pretty good. They don't give a rat's ass about the election here in the States, or in Canada particularly. So when they report on that, it's really just the straight-up facts. What's going on? Well, this is what's happening here, and this is what's happening here. I like to think of myself as something of a centralist. If you were to look at my Facebook page, you would see I have, in my friends list, I have conservatives, liberals, NDPs, Republicans, Democrats. I've got everybody. Green Party guys. I have people from all political stripes on my page. This makes for some interesting conversations from time to time. But all sides have got a point. I'm going to say that again. All sides have a point. You have to find it. You got to sort through a lot of the garbage, the malarkey that they're putting out there. But we have to get back to talking to each other. I've been thinking about this recently because we're under the threat of an election here in Canada. The best opposition leader that Canada never had was Jack Layton. Jack Layton, as leader of the NDP, his party came in second in the national election a few years ago. I can't even remember when it was. Six, seven years ago? Eight years? It's been a while. Jack Layton was going to be leader of the official opposition. And then after the, you know, so there is the election. There's a period of time, and then Parliament gets sworn in. Well, in between there, Jack Layton ran that campaign. He had cancer. He didn't really tell anybody. And he died before he could sit as opposition leader in the House of Commons. I think that that right there is one of the greatest losses that our country ever had. I don't think Jack Layton would have made a very good prime minister. I don't. I think he would have made a phenomenal 
a phenomenal opposition leader. You want good government? You need good opposition. That's just the way it is. That's the way it's always been. It's like what Roddy Piper told Hulk Hogan in the 80s. He said, the only reason they love you so much is because they hate me that much more. You want a good hero? You've got to have a great villain. How many of us would have felt the empathy that we felt for somebody on TV, I'm going to an example for here, say Bobby Ewing, right? We all loved Bobby Ewing because he was the good brother. Because J.R. Ewing was a conniving bastard. He just was, right? But I love J.R. Ewing because he's the greatest bad guy of all time. He knew what he wanted and he went for it. Clearly the bad guy, though. He, but he made, he was so bad that he made everybody else around him better. Sit down, Cliff Barnes. But other than that, he made everybody else better because he was so bad. And the same sort of principle applies in politics. If you want to have a great government, you got to have a really good opposition that's pushing you. Yeah, you guys, you're the government and you won. But come on, you got to listen to us too. And you have to do it in such a way that they're willing to listen to you. Back in the 70s, when the Progressive Conservative Party in Alberta was led by Peter Lougheed, and they were basically sweeping the board. There was no opposition for all intents and purposes. It was a literally blue wave that completely annihilated every other party in this province, except for one seat. Up in Fairview, Grant Notley, Rachel Notley's father, he was the leader of the NDP. And I read an article a story about how one of the conservative guys in Lougheed's government was talking to some people up in Fairview. And he said, look, you guys, you got to keep Grant because he keeps us on our toes. Would Grant Notley have been a good premier for Alberta? I don't think so but he made a really good opposition leader. He made the government better. That's one guy. He held their feet to the fire. You got one guy that can be your moral compass like that? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Yeah, 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 we're all in our echo chamber. Yo, hey, it's me. I'm outside of the box. Why don't you look at it from here? Oh, well, we're not going to do it exactly like that. But what if we step over here to this side? Okay. Is everybody happy? Well, not always. But can everybody live with it? And that's the key. One of the town managers I had here in town, he taught me that. He said, you know, you're not going to make everybody around a bargaining table happy. It's impossible. But if you can come to an agreement that everybody can live with, 
Now you've done something. Now you've got something. And that's what we need to do. Society as a whole. We need to come together and find that agreement we can live with and put aside the extremism that we seem to have fallen into on both sides of the border for everybody. All right, so that is this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening to me rant and rave there about the Great Divide. That's about as political as I got. Maybe I'm going to do another one. The U.S. election is coming up, and it does affect us. And we might be going into an election ourselves here right away as well. I'm sure I'll go into that. So thank you very much for listening. Like and share. Leave your thoughts below. Let me know what you think. And tell your friends. We will talk to you next time on Crazy James Speaks.